0: You are now listening to the London International Christian Church podcast. We are at war, good versus evil, light versus darkness, righteousness versus unrighteousness. The question is, whose side are you fighting on? Whose side are you fighting on? on the title of the lesson today, The Battle of East London. Come on, Luke chapter 14. Come on. Verse thirty-one, and we know that here Jesus is talking to large crowds, and, and he's telling them that hey, you guys got to put God before everyone. God comes first, and, and, and then he says, hey, you, you got you got you have to count the cost of what it's going to take. And then in verse thirty-one, it says. be my disciples. And the church said, Amen. These are Jesus' very words. That Jesus is the one with 20,000. And who's the one with 10,000? Us. 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 Who's going to win? Jesus. 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 King Jesus wins the war. Guess what? The war is fixed. <laughs> we already know the result. Come on, bro. Jesus is going to win. Jesus has won. But there are many battles we have to fight. Mm. See, when there's war, there are many battles in this war. Mm. The definition of battle is a combat and warfare between two or more armed forces. Did you win the battle this morning in your quiet time? Mm. Mm. Or did you allow Satan to win the battle? Mm. I think of many battles. You may be in a battle right now. You may be in a battle counting the cost of what it's going to take to be a true disciple. Yeah. You know, I was there. I was battling the, the the cost it was going to take to be a true disciple. I realized that I had to give up. I had to give up my pride, my selfish ambition. I had to give up my career. I had to give up that 4,000 pounds I was saving. Oh. To become a true disciple. You know what? That was the best decision I ever made. If you're studying the Bible today, I I, want to challenge you to give up everything. The cost is everything. Study the Bible and see what it takes to become a true disciple. Maybe you're in a battle of holding on to your very faith. Hold on tight. Win the battle. Because Jesus has won the war. Amen. I think about the battle of the sexists. Men versus women. That the men think that the men are greater. But the women think that the women are greater. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a recent study that shows that under extreme conditions such as famines, Um, epidemics, and enslavement, women are able to survive longer than men. Wow! (laughs) Talk about the battle of the sexes right there. (laughs) I think of the Second World War. You know, in 1940, there was a battle called the Battle of Britain. In Germany, it was known as the Air Battle for England. And it was a military campaign of the Second World War in which Royal Air Forces defended the United Kingdom in air attacks. It was large-scale attacks by the Nazi Germans. And during this time, there was a flight sergeant named John Hannon, And and, and he served, uh, not as a pilot, but as a, a wireless operator and a gunner on this aircraft called the Hampton, which was a Hampton bomber. So this was an aircraft that would bomb people and things. So he was on there and he, he was on the gun shooting people down. Mm. Now, he was on the side of Great Britain fighting against Germany. Mm. Now, they were on a mission and they had to go to Belgium where there were some Germans at. And they went there and, and, and they uh, uh, laid some bombs down on them and everything And and they were having a successful mission. Until suddenly the aircraft took a direct hit and the aircraft started to catch on fire and the aircraft uh, just had smoke and flames and then what happened is that the floor of the aircraft began to melt. Now as soon as that happened, one of John's comrades bailed. He left. He He got out of there. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm getting out of this. So John was like, what's happening? What's going on? And John looked around, and he saw a fire extinguisher. So he got the fire extinguisher and he was trying to put out the fire, and then it ran out. But there was a second one, so he picked up the other one, and, and he was using it, and the fire extinguisher, uh, fire extinguisher finished. The aircraft was still on fire. So you know what John did? John was like, I'm gonna try and put it out with my bare hands. And so he tried. He started putting out the fire with his hands. After 10 minutes of doing this, all the smoke, all the heat, the ammunition started blowing up. Oh, now this, 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 this uh, uh, bomber, this aircraft, is quite big, but the space uh, is quite uh, tight and quite small. So four people can fit in it, but it's very tight. It's, uh, it's known as the flying suitcase. So one person has already bailed. The ammunition blows up. Now the second comrade has bailed. He's jumped ship. He, he, he's out of that aircraft. And you know what happened? The fire was put out with John's bare hands. You see, John never gave up. Despite people leaving, John did not give up. Despite his comrades bailing out, John didn't give up. John uh, looked at death right in its face. And he did not give up. John won the battle. And they flew the aircraft back to base. The title is the Battle of East London. And my first point is, Putting out the flames of Satan with your bare hands. You know, I appreciate Samuel preaching last week that we've got to catch on fire. We've got to bring the fire back to the East Region. We've got to bring the fire in the East region and catch people on fire. Yes. Yeah. But while we're catching people on fire, we've got to put out the flames of Satan. 1 yeah. Samuel chapter 17. Come on, bro. You know, I am so proud of our brothers and sisters uh, who won the battle Friday night and are on our all-night prayer. It was awesome. You had some brothers falling asleep right there, but the spirit of God woke them up when it was their turn to pray. And you know, having this all-night prayer really exposed hearts. And I realized, unfortunately, some of the brothers and sisters want to sleep more than have a better relationship with God. Some of the brothers and sisters want to be more comfortable than fighting for a better relationship with God. Question, are you putting out the flames of Satan in your prayer life? You know, we've got to win the battle of prayer. You know, prayer is the, is, is the weapon that will help you stay faithful. Amen. Prayer is the weapon that will help bring people back to God. Come on. Prayer is a weapon that we can use to change God's heart. So God can change the individual's hearts who are studying the Bible. Are you with me, church? Amen. 1 yes. Samuel 17. Verse 4. So here Saul, along with Israel, they're going into battle with the Philistines. And in verse 4 says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scaled armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his leg, he wore bronze bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its rod point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out? And line up for battle. Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and let him come down. If he is able to fight me and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me one man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I don't know if you've ever been there. You ever felt dismayed and terrified? I don't know if you've ever been on the the tube, the London tube, and you were so terrified to speak to the person right beside you. You were too terrified to invite them out to church. I don't know if you've been there before. And you know, the name Goliath um, has a meaning and it means exiled. Wow. So I believe God was teaching His people. God was trying to warn His people that, hey, because of your sin, because of your cowardice, you will be sent to exile. Wow. And we know that the Assyrians and the Babylonians exiled Israel. Okay. First Chronicles 5.25, Daniel 1.1-7, 1 First Chronicles nine verse one. And we see Goliath questioned the Israelites. What did he say? He said, why do you come out and line up for battle? Mm -hmm. See, there will be people in your life that will question you. Mm -hmm. There will be people in your life that question your faith. Mm -hmm. Someone is waiting outside of this room right now to question you. Mm -hmm. His name is Satan. Satan wants to question you. He is waiting for you. He wants to ask the question, why did you come to church? Why? He's asking, why are you studying the Bible? He's asking, why do you really want to be a, a disciple? You see what they do? You see how, how hard-lined they are? You see all the things that you got to give up? Why? Why are you still here? I've been there. I was there when I heard you think about leaving. So why are you still here? Why do you share your faith? Why are you going out there? When you can just stay home and watch a movie. When you can just stay home and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. The first thing Satan does is attack your thinking. Wow. Wow. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, what does Satan say? He said, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? As soon as Satan came into the picture, he asked a question to change Eve's thinking. Satan attacked Eve's thinking. This is the first thing that Satan does. He attacks our thinking. And he he came out with a question. You know, people think Satan comes out and says... Hey guys, I'm Satan. Look how pretty I am. Come follow me. (laughs) Come and enjoy these desires. But we see Satan first goes after your thinking. Then he entices you with his beauty. What is Satan whispering to you this morning? You know, one of the things Satan used to whisper to me is why are you alive? why are you alive why are you living Satan wants to depress us wow. he wants us to think about how we look and, as, and wants us to think why are we alive he wants us to be depressed about who we are yes. about our features you know as a, as a a young man at the age of 12 13. Uh, There was times where I felt depressed, even younger than that. Why? Because of the way um, God created me. Uh, If I grow my hair out, it's very curly and can get very long. And uh, as a young boy, I was teased. I was called Curly Sue. I was called uh, Curly Sean. I even was was, uh, called a girl. Because of my long hair. And I was okay with it at first, but then it got to me. And I allowed it to, to kind of put me in a state where I felt a bit depressed. I felt angry. I felt mad that I had long hair. I felt mad that God created my hair to be this way. I remember when I was about 12, 13, I looked at myself in the mirror. And for a long period of time, I just did not like the way my nose was shaped. I, I looked at my every day and I would try to force my nose into a different shape. I just didn't like it. And I got discouraged. I was upset. And I wanted to change the way God had created me. How do we fight Satan? Well, how did Jesus do it? We know Matthew 4. Jesus put out the flames with scriptures. Amen. Yes. We've got a counterattack with Genesis chapter 1, 26. God made us in His image. Yeah. I am made in God's image. See, God has made you the way you are today. Because you need to be made exactly the way you are in order to become a disciple. Amen. See, if God made you a little bit taller you may have been too prideful to become a disciple. If God made you a little bit darker, a little bit lighter, you may have been too prideful to become a disciple. Are you with me, church? I've always wanted to be a bit taller. So I can play basketball a bit better. But we got to counterattack Satan with scriptures. You know, I want to challenge the church to get open about your negative thinking. Get open about those thoughts about yourselves. Get open about these things and and, and help your brothers and sisters to find scriptures to counterattack these thoughts. Let's go to verse 32. Now, now, um, Goliath is out there. And he's taunting Israel. Verse 16, it says, for 40 days. Mm -hmm. So every day for 40 days, he goes out there. And he says, someone fight me. Someone come out to battle. Now in the meantime, David's father, it says, gives him roast grain and 10 loaves of bread to give to his brothers who are in Saul's army. Now David is the youngest brother. So David has older brothers in the army that Saul is leading and none of them went out to fight Goliath. Wow. And David goes up there, he hears Goliath and we'll pick it up in verse 30, 32. But I want to give you my second point. It only takes one person. That's my second point. It only takes one person. Verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and find him. See, David hears this and he, David's getting a bit ticked off. He's like, my brothers are here. Saul is here. And no one's fighting. He's like, Guys, your servant is here. I'll go and fight. The great thing about this, David, um, he was anointed by Saul in chapter 16. right? So David was already anointed, but he didn't get the throne until about 20 years later. Mm -hmm. So here David is anointed king. So David's going to be king. Mm -hmm. But he saw himself as a servant. And as a servant... In verse 33, Saul replies, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. And I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paws of the lion and the paws of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Verse 38, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over his tunic and tried to walk around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with a sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Now David saw gives David his armor, and David puts on this armor, and he's walking around. He's like, I- I'm not, I-, I can't fight David in this. Mm-hmm. So he takes the armor off, and David's like, I'm just gonna, go, I- I'm just gonna use what I have. I'm just gonna go in the power that I have right now, and God will give me the victory. God will win the battle for me. See, some of us think that we need to become. Physical kings and queens in order to do something great for God. Some, us, some of us think we need to have specific training in order to do great things for God. Some of us think we need to go to some special university to, to do great things for God. But David said, no, no, I'm going to go the way I am. God has given me enough training in my life to do something great for him. See, God has given you everything you need to do great things for him. All you need is yourself and you need to bring God along with you in the battle. Are you with me, church? Let's keep reading. Verse 41. Uh, Verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistines with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The the stone sunk. In his forehead. And he fell face down on the ground. And the church said. Amen. Woo. David is going after it. David's like how dare. How dare you defy God. How dare you curse God. How dare you say this about God. And he went with what he had. And that stone. It said it sank. Into Goliath's forehead. I believe, I, I believe Goliath took a couple steps back and then fell straight down on his forehead. <laughs> and David went after it. You know, David was a, a great man of God. He was someone after God's own heart. And David slew Goliath. He went into battle with Goliath. You know, in order to do great things for God, We've got to battle the Goliaths in our lives. Amen. Yeah. Amen. What is the Goliath that you're dealing with? What is the Goliath in your life right now? You know, the Goliath in my life at this very moment was my grandfather passing away. Mm-hmm. And it really brought me to tears. Why? Because he never became a disciple. He was never a Christian. It made me think about my other grandfather that, that, that died years ago. Who never became a Christian. Who never became a disciple. And they're gone. They don't have any more chances. And I cried. I prayed a little bit. And I realized, wow, during this time, I really don't want to pray. I find it hard to just, just go to God in, in prayer. And one day, I was feeling sad, as you feel sad in, in, uh, during these times. And I was speaking to my wife, and I was like, babe, I, I, just, I, I feel a bit sad, I feel a bit down." He says, Sean, you need to go and pray. And I gave her, I was like, okay. So I didn't say yes. You, you know how someone tells you to do something? Or says, uh, advise you, hey sis, hey bro, I think you should do this. And you're like, okay. And in your head, you're like, no, I don't want it. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, the, that's the kind of response I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. mm-hmm, sure. But in my mind, I was like, I don't want to pray. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just want to be into myself. I just want to cry and be alone. And I got off the phone with her. I felt terrible. I felt bad. I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to get up and I'll go out and pray. And as soon as I, as soon as I opened my mouth, I started crying. Mm -hmm. And I realized I've got to bring my tears to God. And after I finished praying, I felt better. But my situation didn't change. Prayer helps your heart. Mm. Prayer helps you to win the battle. We've got to go to prayer to win the battle. We see that David knew all he needed was God. And God will give him the battle. All we need is God to win the battle in East London. Mm. All we need to do is trust in God. David trusted in God with all of his might. Did he have fear? Totally. He definitely has fear. But he didn't allow his fear to stop him. We see David consider himself as a servant. And we see that a servant can bring victory to the whole church. Amen. A servant can bring victory to the whole region. It only takes one person to bring victory. It takes one woman to bring victory to the women's ministry. It takes one person to bring victory in the East region. It takes one person to bring victory. You know, I, I really want to lift up. Our newly baptized brother Chris Worth, hey. hey. and Chris has brought victory to the East Region. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm very proud of him. In just one week, he's learned of uh, seeking God study. Yeah. Yeah. In just one week, how about you? Are you still struggling with the seeking God study? Are you still trying to memorize the seeking God scriptures? Are you still trying to apply the Seeking God scriptures in your life? Are you at Seeking God? You know, it, it only takes one person to bring victory in the East. Man. And that one person is you. That one person is you. That one person is you. I want to challenge the church to change your thinking. Change what you're preaching to yourself. Every day I want to tell, I want you to tell yourself that you're that one person. I want you to get up and say and say, I am that one person. That one person God has chosen to bring victory. That one person that God has chosen to change lives. That one person that God has chosen. To evangelize the nations and our generation. Mm -hmm. You are that one person. My third and final point. Use the sword to cut off sin. Verse 51. It says David ran and stood over him. He took a hold of the Philistine sword. Drew it from his uh, sheath. After he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Wow. We'll stop there. So, this is pretty interesting. Because David slung uh, the stone and it sank into uh, Goliath's forehead. And it said Goliath fell on his for- on it- straight on his face. Fell, uh, fell face down. And you look into the scriptures and it's like... David already seems dead. I mean, Goliath already seems dead, sorry. Goliath seems dead. He's on the floor. The stone sunk into his forehead. But the Philistine armies didn't run away. Why? Because they didn't think he was dead. And it made me think about these sci-fi movies. So there's a a TV channel called Sci-Fi. And usually on the Sci-Fi channel, there's a lot of thrillers. Uh, and scary movies, but they're very low budget okay <laughs> very low budget so it literally we could we can actually make a sci-fi movie and probably uh, do a better job than them yeah. okay so and usually in these scary movies there's a big old monster that is killing people and about halfway in the movie the people build some courage and like we got to kill this monster and they go after it and they try to attack this monster now, A lot of times, they attack the monster, they beat it up, they they, they cut it, they stab it, or whatever, and then the monster falls. And then then about ten minutes later, the monster gets up and kills someone. So the people thought that the monster was dead. Mm -hmm. And I think David saw this. In the sense of, Israel's going to think Goliath is dead. Mm -hmm. But no, 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 no. I've actually got to cut his head off. And show that he really is dead. See, I, I think this is what we do in the East. We see their sin, we talk about sin, but we don't cut sin off. You see that? David knew he David knew he won, but he was like, "I'm I'm going to show Israel. No one can mess with God. No one can mess with the armies of God. Stand over and cut his head off." And David was holding it for a little while, if you read the scripture. He went to Saul, was like, whoa, yes. what's up? I got, I got Goliath's head. And he dealt with the sin. You know, we've got to have a culture of dealing with sin. Yes. We've got to have a culture of, if we see sin, we need to go to it yes. and deal with it. I don't know if you've been there and. You know, you see something in the back, and you're like, Ooh, that doesn't look good. Someone else will deal with it, and he walked away. Not dealing with sin. You know there's something on your heart, but you don't want to speak to your discipler. You don't want to speak to the person that's in your life. You're not dealing with sin. See, before we can deal with someone else's sin, we've got to deal with our own sin. Amen. Let me tell you something. i got to deal with my sin. I can become very prideful. I can be so focused on myself that it's all about me and not about anyone else. And God has been showing me it is not about you, Sean. You are not the most important person in this room. God is. Amen. Amen. You are. You are not the most talented. Sean, sit down. Be humble. (laughs) And we've got to deal with our own sin yeah. before we can deal with each other's sin. Yeah. We've got to have a culture of dealing with sin. You know, John 15, it teaches that God will cut off, will cut people off. The branch that bears no fruit. God cuts sin off. We've got to cut sin out. You see that? Yeah. Jesus cuts sin out. We've got to cut sin out. David cut off sin. We've got to cut off sin. In order to win the battle in East London, we've got to fight with all of our heart. we got to trust in God with all of our heart. We've got to believe that God has chosen us to be that one person to bring victory. And we've got to cut off sin with the sword, which is the word of God. And to God be all the glory. Amen.